0: Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Medellin, Colombia today with my good friend Joseph Hogue of the Let's Talk Money channel on YouTube. Joseph is an expat living in Colombia with his wife, and I can't wait to talk to him about Medellin. In this episode, Joseph tells us about the Flowers Festival that has happened every year since 1957, takes us to explore Pablo Escobar's old farm, and then we visit a museum inside a medieval Gothic-style castle. You'll hear about these three unique activities in Medellin, Colombia, and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Medellin. Before we get started, I'd love it if you give my show a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback improves the interviews and helps new listeners find the show. Now let's get started. This episode is sponsored in part by the Dosh Cashback app. You know how much I love using miles and points when I travel, but using rewards isn't always an option due to blackout dates or when the hotel requires just way too many points for our stay. That's why I've been loving Dosh's new hotel booking functionality. Their rates are extremely competitive, and there are over 600,000 hotels to choose from around the world. Best of all, you can earn up to 20% cash back per night. That's cold, hard cash in your pocket that you can use for anything. With all the travel I do, I've quickly earned a significant amount of money, which I'm using to pay down our mortgage and save for our future. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Dosh to download the Dosh Cashback app today and start booking your hotels. Plus, you can get cash back at thousands of merchants that they partner with. Use the promo code TIMMY for a little something extra when you open up your free account. Hey, Joseph. Welcome to the show, bud.
1: Hey, Lee. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, we've been talking about having you on the show for a while now, and I've always wanted to visit Medellin, but I've never had the opportunity, and you live there, so you're the perfect person to be on the show.
1: I do. You know, one of, uh, I guess, six point, a little over six million Americans living abroad, according to the Association of American Residents Overseas, and just love it. I came here in 2016 to do some business consulting around the free trade agreement and stayed. It's a common theme you hear is falling in love with the city and
0: sticking around. So what was the main thing that brought you there? Obviously, you said you were there for a consulting assignment, but what kept you there?
1: I think kind of the the usual suspects that a lot of people say when they move abroad is, uh, you know, one, the weather it's 80 degrees year round here. And when I say year round, that's maybe varies 5 or 10 degrees at the most uh, on either side. Never gets above 90. So the weather is perfect. The cost of living is probably about a fifth of what you'll find in a large comparable city in the U.S. So Medellin is... About uh, a little over 3 million people. So large metropolitan city, very progressive. So you get really everything you would expect in a large U.S. city with about a fit the cost.
0: That's tremendous.
1: So yeah, it's a great opportunity. Not just you come here to live, you can be saving up a whole bunch of money to pretty much do whatever you want when you move back to the States. We save about 80% of our income or just to, you know, for a nice vacation, a nice getaway on pretty much next to nothing.
0: That is really cool. Yeah. When you mentioned the weather, when I was doing a little research ahead of the show, I saw that Medellin is actually known as the city of eternal spring because its weather is awesome all year long.
1: I think it's probably about one in a hundred cities in Latin America that's named that. But uh, (laughs) Medellin actually lives up to the hype.
0: Nice. And so really, you don't have uh, a winter. You don't have to worry about heavy coats or anything like that because you're kind of close to the equator.
1: It's right on the equator, in fact. But it's high enough up altitude in the mountains there that it's that consistent temperature. So the equator cuts right through Colombia So you've got on the coast, it's got Pacific and uh, Gulf Coast. Yeah, that's 90, 95 all year round. So that kind of sucks. Bogota on the other end, the extreme end, you get Bogota, which is uh, quite a bit higher altitude. It's around 75, 70, 75 all year round. But Medellin just seems to be right around that perfect altitude where it keeps that 80 degree weather.
0: Hey, that sounds awesome. Especially I've been to Nashville now for a little bit over a year. And after going through my first winter, I'm like, all right. Now I can see why people travel during the winter, you know, to get away from this cold. All right. So if people are coming to Medellin, there's an international airport nearby, right?
1: There is. It's about 30 minutes outside the city. It's another smaller city called Rio Negro. And it's a fairly large airport. I mean, you can get direct flights to Miami, a couple other cities in the U.S. It's usually you're going to have a connection from either in Miami or somewhere in Texas a lot of times.
0: Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And then when we're going to fly there, do we need to have a visa or any other documentation in order to be able to get into the country?
1: Nope. Get in or get right in on a passport that entitles you to, I want to say 90 days to stay. And then you can re-up that for, I think another 90 days uh, without a visa. And then after that, you you need a visa for more than 180 days in any given year.
0: Okay. And so for you living there permanently, you have like a work visa. Is that what works?
1: Well, I took the easy way out and got married, so uh, <laughs> easy or harder, whichever way you look at it. Sure. But yeah, I actually got married in 2009 to a girl that I met here while I was here doing business consulting. Okay. So yeah, I've got the easy way, but it's fairly easy. The country is probably one of the most open in all of Latin America, one of the most business friendly in all of Latin America. So getting either a business visa or a student visa, even a work visa, is fairly easy compared to a lot of other countries.
0: Nice. So when our listeners come in there and they fall in love with it, just like you did, it's going to be pretty easy for them to stick around if they want to. Absolutely. You mentioned that the airport is about a half an hour away. When people are flying in, do they need to rent a car? Is there public transportation? How do they get from the airport to the city and how do they get around once they're
1: there? Public transportation is super easy and really cheap. It's almost a little tough if you're a cheapskate like me, getting out of that mindset because I can hop in a taxi and go across town for three or four bucks. But you still have that mental frame of mind from the U.S. where taxis are expensive. You take public transportation or something else. But then, yeah, when you actually think about it, it's like three bucks to go across town. So extremely cheap from the airport. A taxi is going to cost you about 25 or $30, actually. So a little bit more expensive. Uh, they do have buses that are uh, colectivos, is what they call them. And basically, they just pick up five or six people from the airport. And those are about seven bucks. Uh, so a little bit cheaper, but they're going to drop you off in the city and then you'll take a taxi from the drop off point there to your hotel. And that'll be another four bucks or so. So you're looking at either 10 or 11 bucks on the collectivo or maybe 25, 30 bucks for a taxi
0: from the airport. And then even if somebody wanted to rent a car, I think you would kind of recommend against it just because maybe the driving isn't quite what we're used to in the United States.
1: Oh, no, not at all. Like I said, the public transportation is extremely cheap, quick, easy. Anyone that's traveled to developing countries, we'll call them, in Latin America, and Asia, a lot of places as well. The traffic laws are more of a suggestion. (laughs) So unless you're used to that, you really don't want to be driving here.
0: Yeah. no, I consider myself a pretty good driver, but I probably kind of pass on that myself. Sure.
1: I mean, I've lived here for going on 10 years total now, and I won't drive. My wife does all the driving. She constantly and tries to get me to drive, but no, I'm just not going to deal with it.
0: It's almost like you get in the car, put a blindfold on and let her do her thing. And then, <laughs> Honey, let me know when we arrive. Yeah. All right. So we've flown in, we've taken either a collectivo or, or a taxi from the airport. What part of town should we try to stay in? Are there certain areas that maybe we need to avoid?
1: I think probably the list of areas you want to avoid are probably shorter than the, the places you can go. There's really not a, a lot of... Neighborhoods and areas where you don't want to go. The city center, so El Centro, is somewhere where, where you're not going to want to book a hotel or go overnight or go into that area in the nighttime. A few other places, but they're pretty few and far between. Most people are going to stay in Poblado, which is a neighborhood in Medellin. It's the higher socioeconomic neighborhood. That's where most of the expats live, that kind of thing. I actually live outside there. I live in another neighborhood called Laureles. And then there's Colores. They're all extremely safe. And actually, once you get out of Poblado, it's quite a bit cheaper. Some of the hotels and hostels and and stuff like that in Poblado can get a little bit more expensive, but it's all going to be very safe.
0: And then in Medellin, are are there a lot of name brand hotel chains in the U.S., or is it more of like local mom and pops and like one-off type of hotels?
1: No, you'll find all of the large hotel chains. You know, we have Marriott, we have Hilton, we have... Pretty much anything you'd expect in a large city like Chicago, we'll have it here.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about now, like we're in the city and we've kind of figured out where we're going to stay. What are some of like the best attractions we should make sure that we visit?
1: Well, I'd definitely check out kind of a graffiti murals tour in San Javier, which is actually a part of the city, a neighborhood where you really don't want to go out at night. It's uh, quite a bit more dangerous than than some of the other places. But during the day, they do uh, tour groups to these murals they painted walls and buildings and everything and it's really an amazing tour. It's actually it's a walking tour, it takes probably about 25-30 minutes so it's quite a long tour and you just walk around and they they give you the history and see some of these murals, these graffiti murals.
0: Oh, well, that's really cool. You think of graffiti a lot of times people think of like the negative connotations with it, but there's actually some really beautiful graffiti and just some really incredible artists also.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's really it is an art form. There's quite a bit of graffiti around the city as well, but none of it is uh, that kind of organized and uh, and artistic form. Sure, sure. So that's really amazing. That's a definite must-see for everyone.
0: So for the listeners, we're actually recording right now in August, and as I was doing some research ahead of the show, I found out there's something called the Flowers Festival that is actually going on right now as we speak.
1: Every year, it's actually probably the most popular, the most famous festival that we have here. They love their festivals, so we actually have quite a few during the year. They also do an international modeling and beauty uh, festival and convention that is actually pretty widely known. Uh-huh. But yeah, the flower festival it starts in early August of every year. And it's really amazing. Colombia is, I think, probably the top exporter of flowers in the world. So obviously, they have uh, lots of flowers here. And every year, they kind of plan a whole week around it. They'll make floats and lots of things out of the flowers. They'll have parties. They'll have... My English is actually escaping me right <laughs> now. Desfiles. <laughs> They'll have uh, parades, so desfiles, parades. They'll have those all week, and it's really a fun event. A lot of tourists come out for that.
0: When I was looking at the article on the Medellin Visitors Bureau site, I guess there's all these other events that are surrounding and all kind of in coordination with the Flower Festival. And sure. If you're going to plan a visit, that's definitely a great time to come down to Medellin.
1: Definitely. You know, there's, uh, obviously, since there's such this influx of tourists and, and travel, then they plan a lot of other events around that you know, it's just a great time of year.
0: And so for people that aren't able to come in the early August, what are some of the other things to do around town?
1: We've got that graffiti one. We've got, there's a lot of places that are just pretty much open all year round. There's the Comfama Resort, uh, I want to call it, or park, I guess, uh, in Rio Negro. So the city where you land in, where the airport is, there's kind of a a recreational park, which has uh, lots of rides. It has kind of an old towny area where you know all the buildings are set to maybe 19th or early 20th century medicine they have a little comedy troupe that plays every day for the tourists there that's the Confama Park in Rio Negro i mean really just everything that you would expect from a large city of course lots of things to eat here we've got uh, lots of authentic cuisines from all over One of my favorite places is a place called Taboon. It's a kind of Middle Eastern Indian restaurant, but they also do uh, belly dancing, belly dancing performances, Fridays and Saturday nights. So that's always a kind of a fun thing to go to.
0: That sounds like a lot of fun. You get the entertainment and you get the food all at the same time. Before we get into some of the food that's there, there's uh, some other things that I looked up that seemed like really interesting. The El Castillo Museum. Have you ever been there?
1: You know, I actually haven't. My wife's been trying to drag us there uh, for the last couple of years and we just never get around to it. It's, it's odd when you live in a city, then a lot of times you just don't see a lot of tourists and a lot of the attractions. Yeah, We've tried to make it to as many as possible, but but that's one of them that we've missed. There's that. There's actually a Pablo Escobar's old farm, uh, Finca is what they call it. They've got a lot of uh, the animals that he used to have that I think they've got hippopotamus and some other uh, wild animals that he used to keep on the farm and you can visit there. And It's kind of a nice little walking tour kind of thing.
0: Well, that's interesting. Yeah, because we have a lot of really rich people in the U.S., but compared to like the average income of some of the South American or Central American countries, compared to like the money that those drug lords are making, and then what they would do with all that money? It's obviously it's illegal and it's bad, but it's pretty incredible, like the craziness that they do with all the money. Like you said, having hippos and wild animals and everything else on basically just on their house. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so a couple other things that I looked at: the first Saturday of every month, there's a Mercado San Alejo.
1: There is. I think you probably know probably more than I do about the city <laughs> at this point. It's, it's kind of a arts and crafts uh, festival. I don't know necessarily if it's a festival, but an outdoor market where people display their arts and crafts and it's set right in front of a really scenic older church. So it's a great place to visit and and just kind of look around.
0: It seems like really interesting. And like you said, basically it happens once a month. And so if people are planning their visit throughout the year, maybe try to plan your visit on surrounding that first weekend is that way maybe you can attend it for yourself. One of the other things before we get into the food is I saw a place called Jericho that's nearby Medellin that has – it's kind of like a old-school colonial town with a couple streets and everything.
1: Okay. There's lots of those little pueblitos, little towns like that. Jericho, we, we've never been to, but we have been to quite a few of the others, uh, San Germain or to some of the other ones. Yeah, there's a lot of those. And a lot of them have really nice uh, waterfalls. Okay kind of a mountainous, you know, the Andes runs right through Central America and South America through here, you know, a lot of waterfalls and opportunities for hiking and and stuff like that.
0: You know, when you visit some of these cities, obviously there's a lot of attractions within the city, but sometimes it's good to get out and explore like nature and explore everything else that's available.
1: It is. I'm not so much of a a country boy, you know, getting outside the city, not so much into that as much. <laughs> but my wife does like it. So occasionally we'll go out to a finca and kind of relax and, and do some of that hiking.
0: Nice. And so like you were talking about earlier with Tabun, there's a lot of really good food that's also there in Medellin. Are there any dishes that are like just unique to Colombia?
1: There's uh, some more traditional uh, foods. So they've got what they call the, the bandeja paisa which is, you know, bandeja is just platter, and paisa is what they call uh, people from Medellín. So it's basically just kind of the local platter. And you've got stuff like uh, chorizo, which is sausage. You'll have an egg on there, rice, beans, sancocho, which is uh, meat soup. Uh, so a lot of just the, the traditional foods that you'd find here. Okay. Uh, and so that's really good. They do a lot of that frying, so frying meat, things like, you know, fried pork is really popular.
0: All right, a lot of fried foods, and also it seems like there's just a lot of really good uh, tasting things. When people are coming into town, what are some of like, the restaurants that they should come visit besides uh, Taboon?
1: Sure, so you've got Taboon. Probably my favorite is uh, Déjame Te Cuento, and it's basically you know translated as Let Me Tell You. And it's a barbecue place. It's right on the local nightlife area. It's right at the end of that, a great barbecue place, any kind of uh, really meats and, and stuff like that. Generally all around uh, Poblado which is, is there. And then Calle 35 in La Veles is a lot of restaurants. It's kind of the uh, gastronomic scene there. So you're going to find lots of authentic restaurants, especially authentic Latin American restaurants. So, you, so you've got food from Peru, Mexican food, obviously Colombian food. So a lot of the, the regional flavors, as well as, you know, you can always find Chinese food. Italian is real popular as well here.
0: Do you have any recommendations for those restaurants for, say, somebody's wanting some Italian or the Chinese food?
1: Not really. Not as much as that Taboon and, and Deja Me Cuento. We're kind of homebodies here, so when we go out, we usually go to those two. Okay. Uh, so that or pizza. Great, pizza. Pe- authentic pizza places. Uh, one's called Domino's and another is Papa John's <laughs> uh, that we eat at. Nice. And Kentucky Fried Chicken.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, they really got the American taste there for sure.
1: They've got a lot of the franchises. And it's weird that uh, we lived in the States because we lived in the States for five years uh, as well. And when we lived in the States, we would go to a lot of the the Colombian restaurants and the Latin flavor restaurants kind of places. And, and now that we're here, we go to all of the U.S. franchises, the KFC, the Burger King, McDonald's and, and that kind of thing. Obviously, somebody just visiting is going to taste the local flavors. But when you live here, it's kind of like uh, you kind of miss the things that you don't have quite so much.
0: For sure. So, a couple quick questions, and then we'll get into the end. If somebody's like, say, looking for like breakfast in the morning, are there some really good places that have just like a great breakfast?
1: Not really as much. They really don't do breakfast around here. Uh, not in the American sense. Breakfast here is going to be mostly just an arepa, which is a hard pancake. Really, is what it seems like. You know, either coffee or juice or maybe some, a little bit of scrambled eggs. So they really don't uh, eat breakfast, big breakfasts anyway. Okay. So they don't have a, a lot of the restaurants that serve that market. Uh, Lunches is, is much bigger. And then, of course, uh, nighttime uh, dinner is bigger as well.
0: So say you and your wife were going to go out like on a date night and go out, like do a little dance and do a little drinking, something like that. Are there any places where you would go?
1: You're really the two main nightlife areas in, in Medellin. One is called Parque Gelas. And that is right in Poblado. Everyone knows where that is. So it's easy to find. And it's really just kind of a, a two-block square of bars and crossover clubs and, and restaurants and that kind of thing. Fun place. You know, I personally like the other area, the other district a little bit better. It's a little bit more local, a little bit more traditional. And it's called La Setenta, you know, the 70th Street, basically. And it cuts right through Laureles. Uh, we talked about that. That's where Deja Te Cuento is, the, the barbecue place. And it's similar, except it's all along one street. It's probably about a you know 20-minute walk to walk the whole street, so it's quite long. And it's again, it's got a lot of restaurants, a lot of uh, bars and clubs, but it's a little bit more local okay. than Parque and In Parque Gerdes, you're going to find a lot of the international-type clubs. So you'll find an Irish club, and you'll find – I think they've got a Hooters there. They've got really places like that, places that you'd find in the U.S., whereas on La authentic it's going to be mostly – uh, salsa dancing, it's going to be merengue,
0: more the local music. Okay, so like one catering to the locals, the other one's kind of catering to the tourists. Definitely, absolutely. Well, finally, like if somebody wanted to go, maybe they're done with dinner, they want to go get some dessert, uh, satisfy their sweet tooth, anything you'd recommend there? Nothing that
1: really pops out. You know, I mean, they've got lots of ice cream shops and, and places to eat ice cream, but nothing really uh, comes out as one place in particular. You'll find tons of ice cream places and, and sweet shops like that.
0: Joseph, thank you for all these awesome tips about Medellin, but it's now time for the final countdown. If a traveler only had time for one meal in your town, where should they go and what should they get?
1: I'd definitely say, déjame te cuento. It's that barbecue place on the end of La Setenta. So 70th Street in, in La Dele's, great barbecue, uh, lots of different flavors, lots of different uh, choices there.
0: What's your favorite?
1: The picada, which is a uh, just a mix of, of everything. So you will have like six or seven different types of meat there
0: and some sides. Oh, cool. That sounds really delicious. Now, you've been living there for a number of different years. What's your most memorable story of living in Colombia?
1: Really, I'd have to say it was probably the, that San Javier graffiti murals visiting there. We actually just went a few months ago, so almost 10 years of living here, and we had never gone, but it's really an amazing walking tour. You see all the graffiti murals on the walls and all the on the buildings, and there's a lot of history behind them, too, so it's not just uh, you know walking around looking at this art. It's uh, learning a little bit about the... Uh, about the area, about the neighborhood, and about Medellin in general.
0: That sounds really cool. It's like a just a fun mixture of history, art, and hanging out with other people that are enjoying the same thing. Sure, definitely. Okay, so what's the happiest happy hour in Medellin?
1: You know, I've always kind of liked a little bar called Patrick's. It's there in Parque Geras and Poblado. You know, probably, like I said, that idea of you kind of miss what you don't have. So I tend to go to some of the we'll call them gringo hideouts, (laughs) the places where a lot of the expats kind of hide out and and have a drink, and they always have a real nice Super Bowl party there, so that's uh, definitely one that I'd try out.
0: One thing I always travel, whenever I travel, is getting some pepperoni pizza. Is there a good pepperoni pizza in Medellin? And not Domino's. (laughs) You
1: know, they don't do pizza great here. The flavor or the style of pizza here is very thin crust, so I don't know if that's Chicago, I guess, that does the thin crust as well. I tend to like a, a little bit thicker crust, so yeah, we stick to the ones we know, like Papa John's. There is a place called Pizza Americana, which is obviously a little bit more uh, American style, New York style pizza. Or actually, you know what? I think Chicago is the deep dishes. It is. Chicago yeah. is the deeper crust and New York is thinner crust. Absolutely. So, so yeah, we stick to that. It's one of the things they really don't do quite as well here. So I, we stick to the franchises.
0: That totally makes sense. Hey, you know what you like? There's no sense in messing around. And- now you've traveled obviously a lot for work, you traveled there to Colombia and then you found your new home, what's your best travel tip?
1: I'd have to say, you know, get out of Poblado. It's, it's fine to stay there in a hotel, they've got nicer hotels, of course, and and it is right there in the the expat and tourist scene. But, uh, you know, get out of Poblado, go visit those murals in San Javier, go to La Setenta in La Deles. But yeah, get out of some of the uh, typical tourist haunts, I guess, the tourist attractions.
0: Absolutely. That's the whole reason for this podcast. That way we can get people out and about and exploring and and really connecting with some of the cities that they're traveling to. So Joseph, you and I, we've been friends for a number of years, and I know you really well. And anybody that's been on YouTube knows you really well, especially on the personal finance side. But can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how people can connect with you?
1: Well, uh, I've got four blogs, all kind of in that personal finance space. So budgeting, saving, investing. I come from a 10-year equity analyst background. So it came from investing into this uh, work-from-home lifestyle, I guess. Uh, just recently, over the last year, got into YouTube. So I started a YouTube channel called Let's Talk Money and absolutely love it. It's a new way, really, from those years of blogging to really connect face-to-face with people. And I love that relationship. I love that interaction that, that we get in, on YouTube. So, yeah, I hang out there mostly uh, on Let's Talk Money and then on the blogs themselves.
0: The good thing is that when you see Joseph's videos you see how much he loves talking about personal finance and how much he knows. He puts that whole equity analyst experience definitely into work. Watch his videos, you're gonna learn a lot and it's gonna really help improve your finances. So Joseph, again, thank you for being on the show. I've learned a lot about Medellin. I can't wait to come down there and visit you and see all these places that we've been talking about.
1: Excellent, sounds good.
0: All right, buddy, well thank you and we'll see you when we travel there. Thanks, Lee. Big thanks to Joseph for coming on to the show and sharing his awesome tips for Medellin Colombia. Show him some love by visiting his site at MyWorkFromHomeMoney.com and his YouTube channel called Let's Talk Money. I think it would be awesome to visit the Flower Festival. Such a cool event with historical significance. My kids would love to visit the Santa Fe Zoo and the Piedras Blancas Butterfly Sanctuary. And of course, while we're visiting all of the local dishes to enjoy all the amazing flavors. Send me a tweet at We There to share your favorite thing about Medellin Colombia. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Medellin. We want to say thank you to DOSH for being a sponsor of today's episode. When you aren't using hotel points to book your stay, check out the DOSH Cash Back app to earn up to 40% cash back at over 600,000 hotels around the world. That's money you can use to have more fun while traveling or sock away towards your next trip. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash DOSH to download the DOSH Cash Back app today to start booking your hotels. And when you register your credit cards with Dosh, you'll automatically receive cash back when dining or shopping at participating restaurants and retailers. Use the promo code TIMMY to let them know we sent you. For questions about an upcoming vacation, visit the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook for the best tips from travelers like you and me. Join us next time as we head to Jacksonville, Florida to speak with Ruby Escalona of A AjourneyWeLove.com. We'll talk about why you need to visit the Talbot's beaches, discover the Castillo de San Marcos, and a bakery that imports water from New York to make the perfect bagel. You'll be joining to join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.